reminds me of a little free life soap yes what's your favorite scent well i can only speak of one because this week i have been using urban cowboy and it smells come on amazing and uh here's my little secret my wife likes it i think better than i do Same. so it's it's going quick so i'm gonna yeah. have to reorder our our whole bedroom bathroom area smells like that coastal the blue one that didn't have a name man smells so good i love it brian have you tried the the like shaving soap yet oh man there i never knew that my face longed for badger hair (laughs) for badger (laughs) i'll tell you this having this nice chin curtain on my face i haven't shaved my face in a long time but i've been using that badger hair brush on my head my wife walks in and is like, what are you doing? I was like, just painting my head up. <laughs> Let's go. It's been good. Man, the, shave, the shave butter with the badger hair, that combination. Man. It's perfect. It's good stuff. Hey, we want you to check out Free Life Soap Co. And uh, you can go to our website, recoveringfundamentalist.org. Click on the link there. Use the promo code RFP and get 10% off of your order. Speaking of the promo code, did we say 15% last week? We did, week? but we, it's 10. It's 10%. We yeah. misspoke. So if anyone wants to call us out on that, sorry. We're sorry. It's it's 10%. Sorry. That's which is a lot. I mean, that's that's a big deal. I'm taking advantage of it. We love Free Life Soap. So check them out. Free Life Soap Co. at recoveringfundamentalist.com. Let's go. In three. You know what makes women stupid is college. Jesus was not a bartender. Hi, man. Two. You have lost your mind. Long-tongued heifers have given me a lot more trouble than heifers wearing breeches. And you know that. Say amen right there. One. Let me tell you something, bozo. They'll be selling frosties in hell for this boy. Put on a pair of pink underwear. Amen. I sucked my thumb till I was 14 years of age. Hi, man. Everybody, thanks for tuning in to the Recovering Fundamentalist Podcast. We're your hosts, JC, Nathan, and Brian, coming to you from Chattanooga, Tennessee, and Danville, Virginia. Brian, did the Saharan sandstorm hit you up north? Someone said the air quality here was bad. Um, To tell you the truth, I didn't really notice. We had church outside Sunday. It was great. It was hot as blue blazes when we left. (laughs) We were ready to go, man. Did you see the storm, Nate, that rolled through last night yes, around this area? Yes, I was on the mountain at a small group gathering and a youth gathering. We just did it all together. And, man, that thing was rolling in. It was yellow, it orange. Was yellow, orange. The sun was setting. You could see the clouds rolling. In. It was amazing. And you got some incredible video. I was sitting up at our yes. uh, our church property and just watching it. And I was like, what is the?" I walked out of the building and was like, what is this orange wall coming at me? And literally. The mummy. Every, it, it's exactly what it looked like. As it was moving forth, everything behind it just disappeared, and then it hit, and my goodness, it was blowing sideways, blowing stuff around that work site up there. It was unbelievable, but they said 
said we're supposed to have some really good sunsets and things like that. I know out in Harrison, I saw a picture, and in Harrison, Tennessee, everything was pink. Like oh, the wow. whole sunset was pink. I thought that's pretty cool. Hey, you never know. It's 2020. It's like, what level of Jumanji are we on today? <laughs> exactly. So, tomorrow, it's probably going to be frogs. <laughs> we're going to have frogs. <laughs> the I mean, they're, the locusts are taking over out in Africa and things like that. Yeah. So. Killer know. hornets. Killer. Oh, that's already happened. Yeah. Corona spiking back up, at least the numbers say, and we're not going to get on that topic tonight. Mm-hmm. But hey, we were featured this week on probably our favorite Twitter account, account, yeah. which is IFB Preacher Clips. At Fake Sermon. What's up? Dude. Man, he featured us, y'all. That was a big deal. My head swelled deal. just a little bit because I like that one clap or bump it. Amen. <laughs> Because I'm a big fan, so it was cool to see our faces on that. And it's been a big part of who we are. Yeah. But for us to be a part of what uh, he, she, it is doing they. Is, is really cool. Yeah, they. Who, who knows? It may be yeah. a whole group of people. I, I would like to be able to give them a good fist bump and say, hey. From six feet you know, away. Yeah, exactly. It's, <laughs> no, I don't, I don't care anymore. I'm so over it. Uh, if I haven't had corona already, I'm ready to have it to get here's it over what, with. Here's what's amazing to me. You've been to Nepal. You were at JFK when it all when they shut the country down. Yeah, because you were there. I, I think folks remember that, but you were out of the country. Brian and I are texting each other, going, uh, "Nate's in Nepal. Does he know the country's getting shut down? He's not going to be able to get in." And then we finally got a hold of your wife. She's like, "Nate's coming in," and you quarantined what fourteen days? Yeah, that's the cra- that feels like a lifetime ago that you were quarantined. Like but but both of you were safe because you had it before they ever even told us. I'm it convinced was here. I did. And a thing. And I was stuck in a little studio room with both of you. And then Nathan and I stayed in the same hotel room. He coughed his brains out I remember all night that. long. I was in the room with him and had just had a heart attack. Well, yeah, Nate, you know, it was right after you left, Brian, that first time that, that you left. I started, like, it was the next week. from me. I yeah. was down for an entire week. Like, I, I have never been in bed for a whole week with a fever and all that. And I'm like... I know for a fact I had the the corona, the COVID. Nathan gave it to us. Yes. <laughs> That's Sorry, it. Guys. Well, Brian, it's a little weird seeing you on Zoom after having you in the studio last week, man. It was awesome having you in here, all three of us at the J Radio Studios. Yeah, I'm bummed out because we were sharing a mic last week. Y'all I mean, were close. A little known fact. We were sharing a mic and we were, you know, you were sitting literally right here. It was right very, where I'm pointing right now. It was very cute. And I'm I'm missing you, Brian. I miss y'all so bad. And here's the other thing too. To get to go with our families and get that was ice awesome. cream right before recording. I mean, think about At it. Brewster's. We milkshake. Let's, let's give oh, a promo yeah. there. Brewster's. Shout out. You want to be a sponsor? <laughs> <laughs> we were. Hey, just free ice cream will be enough. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> we were having milkshakes and cones of ice cream and Sundays, And then to get to go record RFP together, that's living the, the good life. It yes, was, it but is. y'all are missing the most important part. We ate champies yes. before all of that. We did. Mm, champies Incredible. chicken. If you're not hey, from the Chattanooga area, you need to plan a vacation in or through Chattanooga just so you can pass through and hit champies. Mm. It's a super cool city. And when you go to champies, you don't even have to pray over your food. Like, I bowed my head. <laughs> And I was like, dear Heavenly Father, and he said, I know. <laughs> Didn't I, I pray for the food? My <laughs> I prayed for the food that night. It was, thank you, Lord, for the food. Amen. Hey, it's not time to get your heart right. It's time to eat. 
See, <laughs> I got a small mass choir at my house, and so oh, we're yeah. sitting around the table, and they sing that, Lord, we thank you, Lord, we thank you for our food, and many, many blessings, and it's crazy hearing all their voices sounding as one, and it is ear-piercing how loud it is, yeah. but my favorite part <laughs> of the whole thing is says, many, many blessings, oh, man, oh, man, and they all go at the top of their lungs, let's eat, let's and Corbin <laughs> the other day, Bubba, I don't know how old he is. He's my third boy. They went, let's eat. And he goes, it's about freaking time. And I was like, oh, that boy is a savage that desperately needs Jesus, man. He's like, well, Lord, come quickly. One of my favorite old IFB stories, true story. We went out to eat after one of the camp meetings one night, and Billy Kelly was there. And I remember anybody, Billy Kelly. Yeah, for anybody who remembers that name, you know, Billy was a huge man, wore bibbed overalls all the time. Yeah. Was super hilarious. He said one of the funniest things I ever heard one night. He was he was getting ready to preach, and he said, y'all pray for me. I'm in big trouble with my wife. He said, I was in Florida and uh, preaching a revival yeah. and, and thought I'd send her a card and meant to say, wish you were here, forgotten, left the E off, which, which would be wish you were her. You were. <laughs> <laughs> we were eating at this restaurant, and and Billy Kelly, they called on this young preacher to pray. And, man, he was so excited to be in front of Billy Kelly and all those other preachers. And that kid started praying. And I'm telling you, man, he was blessing all the missionaries in oh, every church of every yeah. denomination. And he was using every theological word he knew. <laughs> well, when everybody raised their heads up from the prayer, Billy was just eating. <laughs> <laughs> and so one of the preachers looked at him and said, what are you doing? He said, I asked him to bless the food, not pray over everybody and everything. That's in the whole hilarious. <laughs> hey, speaking of sponsors, we want to thank J Radio. J Radio is a sponsor of the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. You can check them out at jradio.com. They are about to come out, guys. I found out this week from Brent Ritchie, who is over at J Radio. They're coming out with the iPhone app and the Android app. Sweet. So you don't have to awesome. go to jradio.com and you can download it right there on your phone. Save your playlist. This is what I was meaning to tell y'all before we started recording, but that's why I was here this week. They want us to uh, make our own playlist Sweet. and so it will be it will be 30 songs and we'll come in we'll get to pick our own favorite 10 songs and talk about them why these songs mean a lot to us and things like that so we know that j radio has all kinds of genres like country and folk and your favorite hip-hop right my favorite is gonna be christian rap oh let's Ooh. hear it break it down oh, i'm gonna bust out i'm gonna bust out a little cray because i bet you guys didn't even know i was cool enough to load lecrae Come on, man. Let's hear it. Jesus was a rebel, was renegade, outlaw, sanctified, troublemaker, buddy, never sinned, no, any lead. Brian, I'm going to be straight up honest. You're terminally white. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That hey, is the truest thing you've ever seen. That is right there. Jradio.com. Check them out here in just a couple weeks. They will have an iPhone and an Android app. It's J Radio. Thanks for sponsoring the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. Hey, guys, let's get into the episode today. Real excited about this uh, topic of conversation. Nathan, tell us kind of what we're going today. So we've talked a lot about fundamentalism, right? Yeah. I mean, the Recovering Fundamentalist mm -hmm. podcast, you'd think we would talk a lot about fundamentalism, but there's another side of that coin, or if you will, there's a ditch on each side of the road. Yeah. So today we want to talk about the two ditches. The tale of two ditches. I like it, yes. Somebody so, should write a book about this. So <laughs> So the tale of two ditches, we have legalism and then we have licentiousness. Yeah. On one hand, legalistic spirit relies on the accomplishments of what one has done or is doing to maintain a relationship with God. So yeah. that's that's where we say and we've yep. talked we've talked about this at nauseum. We're living 
for somebody's acceptance rather than from it. We're living to please God. You know, that's our religious duty. On the other hand, licentiousness takes grace and abuses it for our own purpose. And You know, the verse, I'm saved by grace, so it doesn't matter what I do, is kind of a common misrepresentation of the gospel. And our hope for us is that no matter which one we struggle with, the correct understanding of grace is communicated through the gospel. Yeah. That's where we want to kind of get to tonight. I mean, it's no wonder that Paul was concerned for Galatians, wondering who bewitched them and, you know, uh, that they would go after some other teaching. Grace corrects the fleshly heart and a self-righteous heart. Did you catch that? Grace corrects the fleshly heart and the self-righteous heart. Wow. And so my question as we go through this whole thing tonight is just kind of, are we resting in Christ's accomplishments or our own? Are we being discipled by grace and not allowing our fleshly mind to excuse our sin? Yeah. One of my favorite books that I've recommended is The Prodigal God by Tim Keller. And he deals with both of these ditches. The younger brother, everybody knows about his licentiousness or the license that he had to sin, went into the far country, totally indulged his flesh. And then when he gets back home, we find out that there's another prodigal son who is proud of his accomplishments, and he's leaning more into the legalistic side of the things. He's kept the rules. He's done all these things, but his heart was still far from the Father. So we've spent a lot of time talking about fundamentalism and legalism. We want to talk today about the issue of those who go the other direction because we as pastors, all three of us, still consider ourselves conservatives, We still hold to the fundamentals of the Christian faith. We don't have any problem with that. We say we're recovering fundamentalists, but not because we've left fundamentalism behind as a sense of the the five fundamentals of the faith. What we want to leave behind is the legalistic adherence to those things as our identity rather than finding our identity in Christ. So theological liberalism is really the air that Americans breathe today. Mm. It's... It's something that did not start here in America. It, it goes all the way back in the 19th century to Germany, Great Britain. And when it came to the United States, people began to deny the teachings of Scripture, the revelation of the Bible, to get away from the miracles in Scripture and anything that was supernatural. So some of the doctrines that were the most offensive to the progressive mind or the liberal mind was the virgin birth of Christ, the bodily resurrection of Christ from the dead, and, of course, the biblical teaching that Christ is the only way of salvation. So liberalism would have denied all of these things, but the center of what they were denying was the inerrancy and infallibility of Scripture. So a minute ago when J.C. was talking... um J.C., it just made me think about Romans chapter 6. Mm. Paul, Paul asked this question, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? So, hey, grace is big. Grace is powerful. Grace is wonderful. Grace gives us freedom and liberty. So should we just continue in sin knowing that grace can abound? And I love his response to his question. God forbid. Mm. And then Paul starts to teach this idea of dying to sin for the purpose of no longer living in sin. I think there are a lot of people who who feel like 
I have a license to sin. Mm -hmm. Let's be honest, in the Bible Belt, the idea of eternal security has been greatly abused. Yes. I'm not trying to open up a can of worms and upset everyone right now. Ooh, Brian's saying that eternal security is not a biblical truth. No, I'm saying it's been abused. Yeah. The idea of I went to church and I prayed the prayer and, you know, I was baptized. And so now I can do whatever I want to do yeah. because they've said I'm going to heaven regardless. And Paul would say this idea that sin for the sake of grace abounding, no, that's not the biblical teaching of the gospel. Uh, you know, the Bible teaches that the gospel sets us free from our sin, that Christ died to sin so that we can be saved. And then the process of sanctification is you and I dying to sin in light of the fact that Christ died to sin. Yeah, I heard somebody say one time that grace doesn't just set you free from the penalty of sin. It actually gives you the power mm. to overcome sin. God's grace is something that lives in our heart and gives us power to overcome sin and to live the Spirit-led life that Paul talks about in Romans chapter 8, walking after the Spirit according to the Spirit. I heard somebody say a few weeks ago, it says the mistake is to say that every person needs to be rescued from legalism. This person said, I didn't grow up in a legalistic culture. I grew up in a liberal church culture where anything and everything was permitted. I didn't need to be saved from legalism. I needed to be saved from lawlessness. Yeah. And I think that the pendulum swing, if you will, and a lot of us that find I'm guilty of this, and you know we can get into this as we go, but I think there's a, there's a guilt there in certain ways where legalism is a huge problem, but there's a pendulum that swings to extreme full yeah. force on the other side, and that's to a fault. We go from one thing to the other. Several years ago, I was I was preaching in a revival, and a pastor friend of mine had wanted to ride along. Uh, we drove hours and hours and hours to get to this one night service. And then I had to leave that service that night. And we were going to have to drive, I think about 13 or 14 hours straight to get to the next preaching engagement uh, that was scheduled. Wow. So we, so that night we left, everybody wanted to eat and fellowship and all that. So we didn't get on the road to about 11 o'clock. My pastor friend says, man, I can, I can stay awake all night long. I can drive forever. It never bothers me. So I'm watching him. We were on I-81, and it was about 1 o'clock in the morning, and I'm watching his head fall forward <laughs> toward the steering wheel. He's, he's going slower and slower and slower. And finally, on I-81, we're running about 25 miles an hour. <laughs> and so he runs off the right side of the road, hits the rumble strip, barely turns the steering wheel, drifts all the way over to the left side of the road, hits the rumble strip, and then comes back over, hits the rumble strip on the right side again. And so I said, hey, man, what are you doing? And I'll never forget, man, his eyes look like droopy dog. And he said, I'm just looking around. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, well, why don't you let me get behind the wheel? And, you know, I think about that illustration with regard to freedom versus legalism, this idea of of regulations and rules versus everything goes. Can we just be honest about the fact that we kind of at times drift on the road? We have a tendency to either be on one rumble strip or the other. Yeah. And and good. we just we don't we don't maintain real balance 
in our in our biblical theology in our Christian lives. Yeah, when I first left fundamentalism, I swung over to the other side and started reading all kind of authors who were kind of in that day before we really knew what to call it, were more in the emergent church yeah. type movement. And they were trying, they're totally liberal, trying to explain everything away from Scripture. I remember the uh, springs on the trampoline yeah. rather than the brick wall, which, which JC, you... you Guilty. You, yeah, I, I Guilty. remember at one point in your life, that was something that you were struggling with as well. 100%. So as I was coming out of IFB, finding other authors other than, you know, the, the guys that I was used to reading... I went the complete opposite. My pendulum swung yeah. all the way over to that other ditch, if you will, and I went in full force. Fun fact, while I'm still working at an independent fundamental Baptist church Ooh. in Rossville, Georgia, Anchor of Hope, I'm the youth pastor there, and I put on there my favorite book is Velvet Elvis by Rob Bell. On their website. On their website. I'll never forget that. Are you serious? <laughs> yes. And in a way, it was kind of just a, let's see who catches this. You know, I, I'll be honest with you, I'd never read that book. <laughs> But hold on, can we can we just pause for a second? You put Velvet yes. Elvis on an independent Baptist I did. Church website. I was a rebel back then and too. None of them ever caught it. Nobody knew it. Nope. Not one person knew it. The thing they got mad at me because I was in charge of the church sign and I put "Shock Your Mama, Come to Church Sunday" on the church sign, and we had calls and complaints. But they never knew that I put Rob Bell's Velvet Elvis as my favorite book <laughs> on the website. Twenty years later, Nate was like, "You remember you put Velvet Elvis as your favorite book on the website?" And I was like, "Dude, I forgot all about Dude, that. I, I caught it." Yeah. But see that was that was part of my pendulum shift if you yeah. will from I wanted to get so far away while I was still stuck in it. Yeah. I wanted to get as far away from the culture of legalism that I was stuck in. And so I was like let's go all the way over here but what I realized when I got over there that it was it was a mess. It was just as crazy as legalism. There was just a lot of ideas and no real direction. Yeah. So this week something really huge happened in, I would say, the church world and evangelicalism in America. A few years ago, Jen Hatmaker Mm -hmm. really walked away from conservative Christianity or conservative evangelicalism and started embracing really everything, mainly the LGBTQ plus community, not in a loving, I want to bring you the gospel kind of way, but in a way of saying, everything's okay. You know, it's Mm -hmm. not a sin. The Bible doesn't speak about it. Yeah, total acceptance. Last week, she released a podcast, a special podcast, where she was on there with her daughter announcing that her daughter was gay and was had been for years since she was a teenager. And over and over, I forced myself to listen to this podcast, and over and over throughout the podcast— She's totally speaking against Scripture, speaking against the fact that even it's unimaginable to even say that God would ever send anybody to hell, that there could be any type of judgment, that God would have anything to say against that. And she's being embraced and applauded. And I think even some of our listeners may struggle with this shift in their lives and when you want to break free from the rules, it's typical to swing over to the complete opposite side. But that is not where we have landed. We've been accused of that a lot, but we're not liberals. We haven't embraced license or antinomianism, as it's called in church history. 
uh, and these debates and, and fights have been going on for years, but we believe in the truths of Scripture. And I believe it was Al Mohler that said that the core of liberalism is a fight to get away from the authority of Scripture. Mm. And if you'll remember at the very beginning in Genesis chapter 3, Satan questioned Scripture. He came to Adam and Eve and he said, has God really said? He's questioning God's word. Yeah. And that's not something new. It's, a, it's the same trick he's been using for centuries. So we want to come out today, and we've been doing this from the beginning, but we really want to come out and say we affirm the truth of scriptures. We affirm the miracles. We affirm the doctrines, the historic orthodox doctrines of the Christian faith. And we believe that we can do that in love. We believe that we can speak to those who don't embrace Christianity and say that, yes, this is a sin. Yes, you're in danger of God's wrath. You're in danger of God's judgment. But Christ has come, and he's provided Mm -hmm. a way to save you and to rescue you. And honestly, if we just drop any truth from Scripture, what do we have left? John Piper said, bad theology dishonors God Hmm. and hurts people. Hmm. And that's just so true. And, you know, there's so many people right now uh, departing. I think there's a lot of these stories on YouTube where people are sharing their deconversion stories. Yeah. I even know a gentleman who at one point in time was a part of our congregation, and I know you interacted with him, Nathan, a little bit on Twitter, and he's embraced this idea of deconversion. Hmm. And I would challenge every single person to go to Matthew 13, verses 1 through 8, and study Jesus' parable of the soils, it really it really gives an understanding of the fact that that not everyone is truly planted in Christ. You know, there are even people who for a period of time seem to be growing spiritually, and yet, I mean, they're not fruitful. But can we just be honest? We really can't see the inward work of the Holy Spirit and there are a lot of times that even as pastors and, and believers who've been in the church for a long time, we can be deceived by people. Yeah. But first John chapter two, verse 19, just a really strong verse that gives, I mean, just a great understanding of this. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they all are not of us. So there are a lot of these people during this season of time. They're just not true believers. It doesn't matter that they're they're great with words, that they've written great books, that they've spoken at big conferences. It doesn't matter that they've served in positions, uh, you know, among the church. They're not true believers. If they're true believers, they're not going to depart. It's not to say that a true believer won't ever have moments mm. or seasons of backsliding, but a true believer is not going to depart. And, a, and according to Scripture, those people would be defined as apostate, yep. those people who have known the truth, known the truth of the gospel, and renounced it. Those people are apostate. Yeah. 
you know, there's folks like Jen Hatmaker. There's guys like Joshua Harris that last year, you know, I mean, he wrote I Kissed Dating Goodbye for a homeschool teenager growing up independent fundamental Baptist. That was the Bible when I was 15 years old. I mean, my parents <laughs> threw that book at me and mm-hmm. said, memorize this frontwards and backwards. And then his second book, I'm Still Kissing Dating Goodbye. And then I don't know what the third and fourth was. But, you know, I think there's a lot of these people that are leaving the faith, if you will, legitimately, not leaving a movement, not leaving the IFB, but leaving the faith altogether. And he was an actual pastor. For a long time. In a very conservative church, yes. heavy theological beliefs, and yet now he's coming out as total non-Christian. What he, the pendulum swung to the other side, and I believe that's because it started with an artificial salvation. It was a works-based yes. thing. It's easier to follow a list than it is to pursue the Spirit of God. I think it's easier to sign a piece of paper and put on a purity ring uh, than it is to dedicate our hearts to the Most High. Yeah, It's easier to follow the applause of man than to seek the quiet approval of Jesus Christ. And I believe a lot of these people are there. Where legalism is sneaky because it convicts us that the guidelines that we've added to achieve holiness were written by God himself, and the ones that we grew up following follow these legalistic rules are written by God himself. I think when we believe that man's rules are actually God's rules, when we fail to keep those rules, we blame our disillusions on God, and when it's not even his fault. You know, like, that's why the girls who are leaving the faith, who were raised right, rebel. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, and I was reading this week in Judges, Gideon is approached by the angel, and the angel says, you know, you're a mighty man of God. Mm-hmm. And Gideon's like, who are you talking to? He, he basically says, you know, God's forgotten us. He's yeah. not doing any of the great things that he did before. Basically, he's blaming God for the state that Israel was in. They were mm-hmm. being oppressed by the Midianites. But what he didn't realize, because he had they had totally forgotten God, he didn't realize that that was God's judgment on him. And the angel had to remind him that, you know, they had walked away from God. But Mm. he was doing exactly what you said, JC. He's blaming God for where he's at when sin was to blame for that. So our heartbeat in doing this episode on liberalism or license is that people would realize just because you're walking in freedom doesn't mean that we can do anything we want to do. That's right. It's not like we got a get out of hell free card. We got our fire insurance, so let's just go do yeah. whatever we want to do. Yeah, the Bible says the Holy Spirit comes and lives in our hearts. Right. And if we're embracing sin, mm. there's there's cause for concern, and, he, and John says that in First John. Well, you know, I think a lot of people when they leave fundamentalism or they leave whatever brand of legalism they're in, um, I actually talked to a young lady this week, who her background is a strong Pentecostal-type church. Mm-hmm. It's actually a, a far-right sect of the Pentecostal church, and she's now listening to the podcast. Awesome. And we were having this conversation about the fact that legalism, although it's under a different title, we were IFB, her background was Pentecostal, legalism is the same. Here's my fear for a lot of people who start to leave the, the Independent Fundamental Baptist Church or the the Pentecostal church or, or a legalistic background, they start to question things. Mm-hmm. If we're truthful, we would admit that when we found out that a lot of the things we had been taught weren't in the Bible, mm. that's, that's difficult. Yeah. And I went on a journey of what else is not in the Bible. Yeah. 
You know, what else have I been told that's not true? And I found myself re-examining the gospel. Yeah. I found myself re-examining the truth of the Bible. And I listened to some people that I wouldn't agree with. My fear for a lot of people who leave fundamentalism, they're going to get lost Mm. in leaving. Yeah. The children of Israel ended up in the wilderness walking around in a circle year after year after year in what should have been a straight line to the promised land. A lot of people, I think, leave Egypt, and I know Egypt's used for as a typology <laughs> in a lot of ways, and I know this is going to offend some people. I'm sure we'll get some emails. <laughs> He's calling the IFB Egypt. I'm just calling my background just as, as an analogy. Bondage. It was a bondage. It was in yeah. Egypt, yes. And yet when I left Egypt, I spent a great deal of time in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. I really didn't know where I was going. I was trying to understand where I had been. I think a lot of people get in that place. And I just want to say to the listeners, don't start doubting everything. The gospel's true. Yeah. And for me really the turning point in my journey back towards sound doctrine and orthodox theology was the work of the Holy Spirit in my heart as I'm listening to these guys and watching these Numa videos. Yeah. You know, Rob Bell came out with those, and some of those are pretty decent. You know, that was before he went way over the edge. But I'm listening to some of these things and, and loving how cool these guys are and seeing these cool conferences and loving the conversations, a.k.a. Brian McLaren, rather yeah. than sermons and preaching. But there was something in my spirit and my heart that did not bear witness with yeah. that. And it was like I was going through a drought, like I was hungry. I was thirsting for truth. And while it was cool, cool cannot satisfy your soul. And I started looking and digging, and I started encountering some sound teaching, and man, I was drawn back into that. I remember getting under some solid preachers and reading some solid books and starting to listen to some really good theological teachings, and man, it was like I stepped under a waterfall where truth was just pouring over me and, and over my soul and saturating who I was, not in a legalistic type of way, but in a way where I wanted to get to know God and serve Him and love Him out of a heart of gratitude rather than keeping rules. Yeah. So the turning point for me was when the Holy Spirit of God would not let me walk away because, man, I didn't want the burden of man-made rules, but I didn't want to be free from true grace, free from the truths of God's Word. So when that shift began to happen in my life where I'm starting to read church history— and historic Orthodox Christian positions, man, it just began to overwhelm who I was. And I wanted to learn what true sound doctrine was. I'm still on that journey and still going deeper and deeper into God's Word. This week, when I was preaching out of the book of Acts, I was confronted with this phrase that the early church walked in the fear of the Lord. And I began to study out what that meant. And walking in the fear of the Lord in the Bible is connected with a love for truth, a hatred of sin, embracing who God is. And there's a lot going on under the name of Christianity today that has nothing to do with that. It's just trying to say everything goes. And guys, let's just be honest. 
If we can excuse all of the things that Jesus saved me from and the things that he wants to save other people from, if we can excuse those things and say they're not even sin, what good news do we have to preach if Mm -hmm. there's no bad news? That's true. And I think that's where my eyes were open. When I went to the other side, it seemed to be a mile wide and an inch deep, and there was no depth. There was no foundation. It was all just what feels good, what sounds good. I can make the scripture say what I wanted to say, and that's not the gospel. The gospel is the whole gospel. You can't just pick and choose. On the legalistic side, we're picking and choosing things to fit our prerogative and our narrative, but on the other side of it, we're we're picking and choosing, hey, grace, where it much more abounds. I can do whatever I want. Free love, and in the end, love wins. You know, it's just, we've got to walk that defining line down the middle. And and where mine was, was that truth doesn't fear the challenge. And so I started taking what I grew up listening to and this newfound freedom and started finding that foundation for my own. And I know for a lot of our listeners, their pendulum is swinging both sides right now. You know, it's kind of like Brian said earlier, they're on the rumble strips, you know, they're bouncing from one side to the other. And there's folks that we talk to on a weekly basis who some have walked away from the faith altogether. Their pendulum didn't swing to that side. They just completely walked away and said, I'm done. Yeah. They just washed their hands of it and said, well, forget it. And part of that, why we've put, we want to help, encourage, and challenge is because this is encouraging. This mm-hmm. podcast, even though some of you may not agree with this, this yeah. is an encouraging piece because we want to help you realize, hey, you don't have to go all the way to the other side. Yeah. You don't have to just take advantage of grace, if you yeah. will, to find the freedom that Jesus came to talk about in John 10.10. Yeah, if we lose the truth of Scripture, right, we lose everything. That's it. And one of the most important verses for this was in Jesus' high priestly prayer in John chapter 17. And that's where Jesus is praying to the Father for the unity of his followers and his church. But it's, it's not a unity that's based on having everything in common at the expense of truth. It's a unity based in truth mm. and on truth. And in John 17, 17, Jesus says, sanctify them in your truth. Your word is truth. That's right. So if we lose the word of God, if we lose the truth of Scripture, which is the true ground of Christian unity, we lose everything. Mm. I was sitting in a conference several years ago just after I'd left fundamentalism, and I was trying to find my way. Uh, I was a gypsy for a good while. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good mm. way, that's to a put it. way to put it. I didn't really know how to preach, uh, anymore. I didn't think I did. Um, you know, I was hearing all these guys who were saying it's supposed to be conversational and, you know, you only need a portion of scripture and then you need to make that conversational. And, and, you know, I was trying to figure that out because I thought that's what was right. Again, I was, I was just a gypsy wandering around, but I was sitting in this conference and I was hearing the teaching and I'll never forget feeling impressed by the Holy Spirit. I don't belong here. Mm. I, I'm not supposed to be here. This is not where it's at. That's what started the journey for me into, Nathan, exactly what you're describing, craving deeper preaching. Yeah. And sadly, there's a lot of guys that are preaching not so great truth, mm. but the pendulum has swung, and it sounds good. And it makes you think, oh, that's not what I grew up in. That's what I need. And what you'll find is when you get into that, it's it's just a load of garbage. I mean, yeah. Nate, we have a friend that was a campus pastor at a church, and he was brought in and let go. And the pastor of that church literally said, you have too much Jesus in your language and not enough about our church. 
What? Literally said, you have too much Jesus. This guy, he quotes a lot of scripture. He's got he's one of those guys that has a scripture for everything. Yeah. But he was told he does not have enough of the church's lingo the in culture. his language, the yeah. culture. The pastor said this, we don't want to be a church that people attend. We want to be a culture that people follow. And this guy oh said, so you're goodness. like a cult. I mean, like that's yeah. that's what it is. And he and he ran. He ran quickly away from that. There is so much that is being preached that is so far beyond the pendulum on this side. It's just, it's not even heresy. It's just craziness. Yeah. And there are stories of hundreds of people being saved. And I go back and listen Thousands. to the serve. I go back and listen to the services and there's no gospel. None. There's yeah. no gospel. It's an emotional story and incredibly gifted speakers and communicators. Awesome band coming in. And then all these people respond. But what are they responding to? The gospel has not been communicated. None. Just like the legalistic side of them, this side of them, they're responding to an emotional appeal. Yeah. Yeah, I've been studying um, a little bit about this new philosophy on Paul. Have Have you heard about this? Either one of you guys. Yeah. Yeah. N.T. Wright uh, wrote a book actually called "The Day the Revolution Began." This is this is the concept of the book, and these are quotes. He said, God killing Jesus and pouring his wrath out on Jesus as a substitute for us is paganism. He said, Christ dying in the place of sinners is close to the idea of a pagan deity requiring human sacrifice. Hmm. Stop and think about that. Just a complete departure from the gospel. He doesn't even believe substitutionary atonement. In the book of Jude, Verse 3, we are told to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. I feel like I need to say that again. We're called in Scripture to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. That is so important that we realize that Christianity is not up for a vote. The doctrines of the faith Orthodoxy is not up for us to choose or to be able to reformulate. Anyone who brings a new Christianity or a new understanding of the gospel that was once for all delivered to the saints is bringing another gospel, as as Paul said. So when Paul tells Timothy, follow the pattern of sound doctrine or sound words that you've heard from me, he's talking about Scripture. So for us, our final authority is, is the Word of God. Mm-hmm. And there are people that think, since we're not fundamentalists in a strict sense of the word anymore, that we've walked away from the faith. No, we affirm all the fundamentals of the faith. We can't say that any more than we already have. We just don't want to turn it into something that is us performing for God's favor. But we also refuse to go to the other ditch on the other side of the road, which is license. Yeah. I think you don't need to be deceived by what you're listening to. And that's why it's important, and you'll hear us say this over and over again, get into God's Word for yourself. Don't just take things that we say here on the podcast as fact. Dig into that. Hold us accountable for the things that are said, but don't reject him based on the actions of his so-called followers from a lifestyle that you were brought up under, maybe without a choice. But test your own salvation. You know, and it's a daily dying to self, picking up your cross daily and following him. I've had a lot of 
people who have left the faith, and they tell me over and over and over again, what's wrong with the church? What's wrong with this preacher? What was wrong with their parents? And I always try to, at some point in the conversation, come back to this question. Can you tell me what's wrong with Christ? Hmm. What Hmm. is wrong with Jesus? What do you find lacking in Jesus? It's like when Pilate stood up in front of the crowd and said, behold the man. I want to say that to people. Look at Jesus. Behold the Messiah, God in the flesh. What do you find lacking in him? Because if you've got a problem with him, then you've really got a problem with God. You've got a problem with true Orthodox Christianity. But most people I've found don't have a problem with Jesus, especially when they find out who he really is. They have a problem with someone who misrepresented Jesus to them. And I want to call anybody who's been hurt by the church, come back to Jesus, the words of Christ, the teachings of Christ, and in the New Testament, the teachings of his disciples. Don't depend upon a 21st century pastor to tell you what Jesus taught. The disciples who lived and walked and ate and talked with Jesus for three and a half years, they tell us in Scripture what Jesus believed and who Jesus was and what he taught. So let's go back to Jesus. Let's go back to the apostles. You can follow Jesus while refusing to let a man tell you that you have to keep his list of rules. And then I would say, don't get Christ and the church confused. Yeah. Yeah. I think there was a season when I was bitter with Christ over things that I experienced among his people. Mm. And there are so many people right now who are bitter against Jesus for the faults of his church. I mean, we're incredibly imperfect on our best day. Yeah. We're, we're severely flawed. And yet Jesus is always altogether lovely. And I think about the verse that really spoke to Charles Spurgeon when he was convicted of his sin and when he was saved, looking unto Jesus, yeah. the author and the finisher of our faith. And, and just to take the first part of that verse, looking unto Jesus, when you're doubting, look to Jesus. When you're under attack, look to Jesus. When you're confused, look to Jesus. When you're wondering what in the world is going on and can the storm be calmed, look to Jesus. And and so often, I think we need to be careful uh, to remind people of this, that often people who come from legalistic backgrounds, they've felt the iron fist of the church. Mm-hmm. And because they're led to believe that these people are the very vicars of Christ, this this is this is Jesus. This yeah. is who he is. And so what happens is because of what they experience in the church, they're disillusioned with Christ. And yet I just want to say to everybody, look to Jesus. Yeah. He's perfect. Keep your eyes on him. It's good. What could we possibly add That's to that? Good. Hey, listen, we know this is going to hit some of you differently. Uh, there's some of you right now that this this episode's going to make you upset. Maybe you're going to want to unsubscribe. For others, you're going to be like, I don't understand what they're talking about. Here, we want to continue this conversation. Uh, part of the things that we say here is we want to help, encourage, and challenge. And that's not just for us challenging and helping and encouraging you. We want you to talk back at us. So shoot us your questions. You know, you can do that on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find us at recoveringfundamentalist.org. While you're there, send us a question um, on there. There's a link to click an email. 
maybe you don't agree with what we're talking about. We would love to hear your perspective and your side of it. And uh, listen, we don't feel like we have a corner market just because we have a podcast. We're still learning and we're still growing and we want to continue this conversation. Before we wrap this up, I want to pray for those who may really be struggling in this ditch of license. They feel like they've either found freedom in Christ, so they're just totally going to the other extreme that I can do anything I want to do, or they've walked away from the faith. I want to pray that the Holy Spirit would speak to them. So let's do that. Father, thank you for this conversation we've had today. Thank you for the scripture that has been shared. Thank you for the truths and the history that we've walked through. And Lord, I pray that our understanding would be open. I pray for those who disagree with some of the things that we've said, that they would be challenged to open their Bibles and search your truth for themselves. I pray that they would be challenged to pray an honest prayer to you that would say, I don't know what's true anymore. Jesus, if you're there, would you show yourself to me? So Lord, I pray that you would uh, just allow those who have been hurt by people who call themselves Christians to look back to Jesus and to be honest with themselves as they search for the truth. And Lord, I pray that you would just continue to use this podcast and our feeble efforts to point people in your direction to connect with someone. ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hey, we want to thank our sponsors here at the Recovering Fundamentalist Podcast, Free Life Soap and J Radio. You can find out more about them by going to therecoveringfundamentalist.org, recoveringfundamentalist.org. Free Life Soap, use the promo code RFP and get 10% off of some good smelling soap and shave butter and beard oil. It's great. Thank you, J Radio, for letting us use the studio. Guys, this has been a great episode. It's challenged me um, and encouraged me, and uh, I hope it does the same for a lot of folks listening. I love you guys. It's been great. Love you too. Love you too. We'll see you next week. Be sweet. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. Be sure to stop by our social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Give us a follow. Also, go to our website, recoveringfundamentalist.org. That's recoveringfundamentalist.org. There you can find Recovering Fundamentalist swag. You can get your t-shirts and hats. You can join our ex-fundy community. See where we're going to be having some meetups. It's the recoveringfundamentalist.org. Be sure to join us next time for the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast.